to the At Our Best podcast with me, Jason Moore, and Dr. C.K. Bray. Now, this is the podcast where we talk with insanely interesting people about the many ways we can all be, well, at our best. This week, we chat about discovering your personal brand story. We meet our awesome producer, Sophie, and we talk about my new book, Remember to subscribe and click on those five stars if you like what you're listening to. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I am doing great this week. How are you doing? I'm good. We, you know, we had our move this weekend, so I'm exhausted and I'm wondering where did all this stuff come from? Oh, you, you've got to get rid. You've got to cleanse. Although I will say, and I feel for you having moved, that I bought something this week that I'm really excited about. I bought a freezer. And this is to hide dead bodies? <laughs> That's what the person did ask me. The only body it's going to hide is my own because I bought it to do the Wim Hof cold dip. So oh. I got a huge discount on it. It was on sale. It's big enough. So I'm, I'm freezing water as we speak, and I'll have to let you know next week how it goes. Yeah, do we definitely should do an episode on that because I, I really like the Wim Hof stuff. I do the breathing. I've done the cold showers. Let's do something on that in a few weeks because I think that is really important stuff. This week, though, boy, have we got an exciting episode this week because we are going to talk about branding. And Chris, I wrote a book. The book's called Who Am I Really? And I know that you have read the book, very grateful to know that you did. But I also know that producer Sophie has also read the book and buddied up with, with a buddy of hers on, on going through the book. So we thought we might share some of our experiences, not just of the book, but how personal brand and how knowing who we are can really help us. <laughs> In a spirit of brands, in a spirit of these many millions of boxes I've got that I haven't yet dared open, which are full of things that are branded, I was wondering, Chris, uh, what are some of the brands that you love? Oh, I, and I love this topic. And I will say, we'll get to it. I loved the book. And one of the topics you talk about is branding, because I think personal brand, especially nowadays, is so key and important and that's what i loved about the book but i'm reading it and the part about branding really got me thinking about what are my favorite brands what are things that i love now what i found about brands is i love little brands that very few people know about that treat their customers well that have some niche product that i feel like i have when no one else has and then when people come over or i'm somewhere and they see it i'm like well I don't know if you could get it, <laughs> but here's what it is. So one of my favorite brands, um, it's called Clio and it's K-L-I-O. Um, it's um, honey that is made in Icaria, Greece. Now, the reason why I love that honey is because it's very limited supply. Like you order it, you wait like four months. They just do very little, but that's what's considered a blue zone, which the blue zone is where people live much longer than most other people in the mm -hmm. world. And so supposedly this honey is going to help me live to be 123. I figured it out. So, Wow. <laughs> and you're not far off that now. So good luck to you. <laughs> so, so true. So I, I love the brand. And why I love the brand is because they really – 
they've really branded something that's special. It's limited. It's delicious honey. They have like six different flavor, you know, six different types of flavors. And it just is, it's really good. And it makes me feel like I'm doing something great for myself when I eat it. Yeah, you know what, Chris, this is what I love, not just about brands, but this is what I love about brands that we love. Because now I'm not talking about just any old brand, the stuff that we might just have kicking around the house, but the brands that we absolutely love, they really do say something about us. They, they give us clues about who we are. And I'm not surprised, knowing you as I do, that finding these niche brands, finding something that's a little bit unusual, but it's health related, and also a company that that is sort of very thoughtful about their interaction with their customers. All of that uh, marries for me to you and your personality. So it's super interesting. Like for me, one of my brands that I love, I love Sony. Now, Sony make a lot of great things. They make some crap as well. But what I remember, my first interaction with Sony was way back when I was a kid having a Sony Walkman. You know, one of those little oh, yellow yeah. ones? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was kind of a quiet, shy kid. I still am. And I used to walk home from school. I would have that music and I could be transported to other worlds. I could listen to music that took me to places. And that brand got encapsulated into all of those feelings and emotions. And now, you know, I buy Sony TVs and the Sony PlayStation and, and my life isn't dominated by Sony. But, but for those things that have an emotional connection to me, uh, sound and visuals and that kind of stuff, I'm very much a Sony person. And I do think the brands that we absolutely love really do say something about us. There's a story behind everyone. I agree. So, Chris, I know you've read the book. I know you're a big reader. But also our wonderful producer, Sophie. Now, Sophie is on a different end of the spectrum in terms of the generation spectrum from us. Uh, she's Gen Z. She knows how to use technology and everything. Uh, Sophie, and let's have you join the conversation and you tell us also what was one of the brands that you love. Hi, it's it's lovely to be on this side of the call, of the recording. Have it's you. interesting. Yeah, so really interesting when I was hearing you talk about that, Chris, about the little brands that not many people hear about. I'm the opposite. <laughs> I've gone um, quite big, I think, with the brands I love. So there's quite a few. But interestingly, Ben & Jerry's is a brand I absolutely love. It's not just the fact that they sell the most delicious ice cream in the world, but it's the charitable work that they do. They do a lot of rehabilitation projects. I get a lovely, like, warm feeling, which is ironic, seeing as it's ice cream, when I see the brand because it's colourful and vibrant. So Ben & Jerry's is definitely one of my favourites. And NASA, any opportunity if there was to go to the moon, I would take it instantaneously. But I think what it is with NASA is it's got a retro look. I love retro kind of like mid-century looks. And it represents endless possibilities, surreal opportunities. And I think that's why I love that brand. You know what's amazing about that, Jason, that you brought up is I'm learning brands tell us a lot about who we are as people and our personalities and things we like and what's important to us. Hearing, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you hear Sophie talk, right, you can just see that in her. You can see that she's got that retro vibe. Uh, you, you can definitely see all of these things. It's not... 
it's some some brands, not all brands, but some brands really matter, and they matter because of the story behind them and the connection they have to us. Absolutely, totally. I remember reading the book, Jason. You gave some great examples, and you obviously gave your own examples, and I did nick a few. I, I'm not very good at making decisions, so quite a few. Yeah, and that's mind. a good point, Sofa. And I one of the things that I tried to do in the book is not just make it theoretical, but make it practical, and and to give people an opportunity to reflect on questions like that. So if you just sit down and start to think about what are the brands you absolutely love, not the ones that you know you, you could do without, but the ones you absolutely love that you couldn't live without, and to start thinking about why you love them, then suddenly you'll start to realize the connection that you have with the brand, but also with some of the qualities of the brand. Like sometimes people say to me, um, I love this brand because it's expensive. And other people say, I love this brand because it's cheap. And that always ends up in a story about why quality or expensive or low cost is important to them. It might have been something to do with their family. It might have been something to do with the way they were brought up. It might have been something to do with how they came from humble beginnings or whatever. But there's always a story behind the brands that we love. Let's just take a minute, Sophie and I, why don't we talk about what we loved the book. Now, as you well know, I try to read two to three books a week. I, I love books. I'd say it's one of my favorite um, pastimes. And I really liked this book. And let me tell you why I like this book. Well, first of all, I like the book because personal branding is something that spans across all generations. So we make fun of Sophie because she's really like four years old in our time. Um, but, <laughs> you know, she, she's a Gen Z you know, growing up much differently than, than we did. But the idea of needing a personal brand in your personal life, but also in your professional life is key to everyone's success because it helps define not only how we see ourselves, but helps define how others perceive us or see us. And, and what I really liked about the book is it's practical, it's applicable. And I really liked how you took us through steps because sometimes, you know, a lot of books nowadays, they give you all the information, but nothing practical. You, it was like I sat down with you, we were at lunch as friends, and you were taking me through how I would do this step by step by step. I mean, my college age kids can do it, uh, my teenage kids could do it, you know, those who are senior executives could do it. I just really appreciated the time, and it's much harder to write a book that makes it feel like you're sitting down and, and talking and, and going through it. So I appreciated the step by step, and the other thing I liked about it is it was a good quick read. It wasn't going to take a month for me to read. You know, it was like 140 something pages, big type. I loved it. But then you left space in the pages for us to write our answers. So I didn't have to have something on the side. Now, when I keep my book on my bookshelf, I have everything I need right in there. So I thought you did just a fantastic job. So that's what I loved about the book. Now, Sophie, this better be good. What did you love about the book? <laughs> no, no pressure, Chris. Thanks. There's lots of stuff I love about this book. I think the biggest thing for me was not only the relatability of it but also how it challenged you because I think the key thing for me was yes you might see this about yourself but how do others perceive you what's your truth versus what's their truth I think was a really big thing for me in terms of sections a lot of us have heard about the iceberg model um, in lots of different ways and I think the way it's introduced in this book and like Chris just beautifully said it's so practical because sometimes the definitions that sit on the iceberg are just a bit vague. You don't really know what strengths are or passions are or values are. And I don't want to give too much away, 
but um I think my favorite activity was when you're breaking down the iceberg is to think about who your biggest idols are and why and what you respect in them and a lot of the time who you respect shows who you want to be or who you're aspiring to be and I didn't even think about that when I was writing them and naturally a lot of them were women in government so Kamala Harris and a couple of actresses like Emma Watson and I was thinking oh the qualities I see in them I I want in myself so it was really interesting I love just how exactly like Chris said it was just so digestible and it made you think outside of the box it wasn't like simple questions it was quite challenging I, I think that's key and and I think it's important coming from the author Jason let's ask you first give us a little background how the book came about because I think that's key on you know writing a book is difficult it's hard it takes time what inspired you to write write the book yeah, it's a great question, Chris. So going back a few years, I guess there were two people that just said something, one in my presence, but another, you know, I heard a quote from them. And these two things really sparked me. The first one was a quote from Jeff Bezos, at least it's attributed to Jeff Bezos. And the quote is, your brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. And someone said that, and it just created a spark in me. And I got to thinking about when I leave the room, I wondered what people said about me. But then even more than that, I started to think about when other people left the room, what was I thinking about them? And it started to create this idea in my head. I'm the one creating their personal brand if they're not doing it for themselves. And that means that when I leave the room, it's other people who are creating my personal brand. And what I want them to know about me might be different. Then I got to thinking about what, what is my personal brand and how do I define it? And that's when I, um, I was lucky enough to do some work with Microsoft. And one of the people that I got to meet uh, was a guy called Chris Capicella. And Chris Capicella is the uh, global head of marketing. And he was talking about the difference between two brands. One of the things that he talked about was ultimately a brand is not just marketing words. It's a story and it's a story that the brand tells about the actions that everybody at that company takes to bring the brand to life. And that got me thinking, how could I help other people to find their brand, not to make up some meaningless marketing words, but to find the brand and curate it. So it they are leaving every room with people holding the brand that they want them to hold. And so from that, I actually created a workshop for Microsoft uh, for 10,000 plus new university hires, early in career people. And the idea was, how do you start in, in an organization by owning your brand, finding it, owning it, and, sh and being able to share it? Uh, because that's the best time, right? Like if you've already created a brand, you've got to go and undo it. Still worthwhile, but if, you've, if you haven't yet even done that. And then from that, when lockdown came, I sat down and I thought, what's the one book I want to write? And based on 
all of the beautiful feedback that I had received about this workshop and how it had impacted people. It had offered them time to reflect, to think about something they wouldn't ordinarily get to think about. I decided that's what I want to give, not just to these 10,000 plus people at Microsoft, but to anyone who cares to buy a book. I enjoyed, I loved writing the book. To your point, Chris, I uh, sat down and wrote the book as if I was sitting down talking to somebody and sharing with them my passion for this topic. Let me, let me ask you this, because I think that the purpose of you writing the book came through really quite well. As you were writing it, did you have any personal experiences, like a favorite section or like, oh, I need to put this in? Was there anything that really meaningful happened? Because writing a book is hard. It takes a long time. You, you bear your soul to the world. I feel like every time I write a book, what did anything happen as you wrote the book? Well, actually, Chris, you know, I didn't feel that it was hard. This is my second book. My first book absolutely was hard. And I, and I still think today if I could rewrite that book, I would. This book felt like it really flowed out of me. It felt like I was channeling something. I had a structure already in my head and I just uh, wrote down the conversation I would have with another person. The things that I've enjoyed the most, Sophie mentioned one of the activities, uh, which was to think about somebody you admire. Um, you write down their name, you write down the qualities that you admire in them. And then you scribble out their name and you put your own name at the top of that list. And you think about how many of those qualities do you or do exist within you. That's one of the activities that I really enjoy. The other one is I get you to think about the three emojis that best describe your personality. And the reason why I love that activity is because I think you could go and get a hundred question personality test done and end up with the same data you get if you just think about what are the three emojis that best describe you. There's a simplicity in it, but there's a power in it because you really do get to learn something about yourself. You have to really think about it and then you have to commit to an answer. So I think for me overall, it was how do you create a book that's informative, that's interesting, that's fun to read, but more importantly, how do you do that and nudge people to actually be reflective and spend some time thinking about themselves? And that's what I enjoyed about writing the book. And I absolutely agree in your how you verbalize that. It was simple. You know, you, you have all these simple activities throughout, yet when you dive into them, they really are profound and you have all these insights and aha moments about yourself that maybe initially you may not think, you know, I'm going to encourage everybody who buys the book, do the activities. They're short. They don't take a lot of time, but they really are profound. And you find yourself thinking about them a day or two later thinking, okay, that, oh, I, I need to write that down. That, that is important. Yeah. Now let's go to Sophie for a minute. Sophie, I'd love to know what's your favorite part. I think what's really unique about this book and therefore one of my favorite parts is how you buddy up with someone and there's a challenge in my brain around this because naturally you think ah I'll buddy up with someone my best mate you know it's everything about me and it all will be fine <laughs> and there's some 
activities which are so profound when the person you've buddied up with knows you really well for example the emoji exercise because you know they know you inside out there's also a part of me that wants to do this book over and over again with as many people as possible and some and with someone that I don't know that well like someone who I've worked with once or twice someone maybe that I went to university with and I didn't speak too much there's definitely a curiosity there around how different would our answers be how might they perceive me like we were saying earlier you know you communicate your brand pretty much as soon as you walk into a room and that's the importance in knowing that is how many people have you met in your life how many people can you ask how you know if you were to describe me in three emojis what three emojis would they be so um yeah the the quality of bringing someone else to join in the experience was really really profound yeah, and so far I think that that's really really important. Now, look, it's there's so much to get if you just do it on your own. So don't don't get me wrong. You don't have to do this with a buddy. And even when you do it with a buddy, that there's a lot of reflection. Think about this. Write your answers down. Then go and share them with a buddy. So it both work really well. But one thing I would say about your point around: Do you do it with someone you know really well, or do you do it with someone new? I, I think. Both is great. So what I've tried to do with the structure is is to take it step by step. So we don't start out with deep and profound questions. We start out with what's your favorite brand? And then as you go through the book and you're firstly opening up to yourself, that sometimes takes a little courage. So we take it step by step, like, you know, easy tiger, don't go too fast, too quick. And then with each conversation that you're encouraged to have with your buddy, that takes it a little bit deeper and you can share a little bit more, but very clear, you share as much as you're comfortable with, but don't get caught in your comfort zone. You know, be a little bit courageous with what you share and what, what you learn about yourself. So yeah, you can do it with somebody that you're already comfortable with and hopefully you'll learn as much about them as you learn about yourself. You can definitely do it with somebody that you don't know very well and you know we take it easy so that you don't feel like you're pushed into a, a deep and meaningful conversation from the beginning. You get time, you take your time. Th this type of exploration it isn't something you necessarily have to do all at once very quickly. Take your time. Chris mentioned it's quick, it's an easy read, but if you break it up over a few nights or a week or two and just do a little bit at a time, uh, that will brings so much to the surface for you and for the buddy when you share. And I, I agree. I'm going to disagree with you for a second there. Cause once I got going, Jason, once I got rolling and going, it was like, I was on the freeway going fast and I just wanted to keep on going. So I found myself and, and I did initially by myself. Cause I, that's the way I like to do it. And then I haven't had a chance yet. I will, will share it with, with some friends and maybe divide it up and see where I, I could change. I liked the part where you talked about the personal brand introduction. You know, what should your in introduction look like? Now we've heard about elevator speeches and you give some great information about how, what it should look like, how we should do it. Um, but what I liked best about that is the way that you had us create that and the steps that we took made me look at my life and say, okay, how, how do I want people, as you said, to perceive me when I leave the room and how can I influence that versus their biases or how they see me or maybe some of my stronger traits taking over and them not seeing parts of me that are probably more important. 
And so it, it really reminded me of the book, How Will You Measure Your Life, which is one of my favorite all-time books by Clayton Christiansen that talks about, you know, your personal branding. So can I read mine? Is that okay? I, I mean, I yeah, I feel like fantastic. it's so good. I want to share it because, because of you. It's great. Now, I'm 51. I've had, you know, mission statements and things, but I think in two sentences, I encapsulated my life. So my, my personal brand introduction was, um, I help people be smarter, learn deeper, and live at their best by teaching them about their brains, teaching them about their brain, there's only one, how it works, and how their brain affects every aspect of their daily lives. Which doesn't, don't you think that encapsulates what I, love yeah. that. What I do? Yeah. So thank you for clarifying that. Now, any thoughts on that as I read it to you? No, I think it's, firstly, I think it's beautiful. And I think you're right, Chris, that there's no right or wrong way to do this process that, other than just doing it. And, and if you want to do it quickly, if you want to take your time, both work fine. What I hope is by the time you get to the end, that you absolutely do have some practical things like the thing you just described, which is that personal brand introduction. So, you know, we will always need to introduce ourselves. And I can't tell you the number of times that I felt excruciating nervousness when I had to introduce myself or even worse when people tried to introduce me to others and just having something it's super simple I call it the I buy process you beautifully demonstrated it it's the the headline what is it that you do and then the the action how do you do that and then on the end of that you can also have an example a specific thing that you've done or do uh, that can be changed for a particular situation. And that's practical, right? That's something that you can use in your everyday life. It also, it's the, you know, even the way that you shared it, Chris, it, it's a beautiful example of, it's almost like a little two line story. And we know that stories activate the brain differently from facts and from titles and all that kind of stuff. So th that will stick in people's brains. It will sound very lyrical to people and very understandable. And um, it will be helpful in creating that brand that you leave behind. Oh, I, I love it. And it's a reason everybody needs to go out and buy the book. Sophie, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah, and just a little add on there for any listeners that are recently graduating or just entering their career and trying to find their feet. I think what you just said there, Jason, is the uniqueness it can bring to your LinkedIn profile as well. Like you have so many LinkedIn profiles where it's just like lists and lists and lists of stuff that you've done. But if you open up a LinkedIn profile and you see this impactful story, like storytelling in a bio, you're like, wow, this person stands out. So it's it's about taking that leap and having confidence in what you produce out of this book. And I cannot wait to get to that stage. I'm yet to get to that stage of writing that out. Now, just to close this up, Sophie, let's put Jason on the spot here. Mr. Humble, yes. what is one <laughs> comment that you've received or some feedback that you've received from an individual about the book or about the workshop that touched you the most, that, that made you say to yourself, I'm so glad I took the time to write this book. Like I was meant to write this book. Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. And, and I, I've actually had some beautiful uh, comments, which I'm deeply appreciative from a whole spectrum of uh, generations. So I've had people, you know, our age, Chris, who, who have said that it's been a great opportunity for them to reflect on 
their brand and, and to take a, a different approach to, to how they leave their brand with others. I've had some beautiful comments from people early in career. And I think some of those for me have been the most humbling when people say that it has opened up possibilities for them that they hadn't even realized were there uh, because a they've had time to reflect on who they are. They've had an internal dialogue with themselves that they've never had before, but B they've got some really practical things to take in into the, into the new career. The other thing I would say as well is that I have had some beautiful comments from people uh, who have said that this lockdown was a great opportunity for them to reset and the book has been very helpful in using that time wisely. And they've said they're very comforted by the book and very appreciative of its gentleness, taking them through the steps, but also nudging them towards using this time to find something new for them uh, so when they're back in the office or back in the in the real world, um, they've had a chance to set themselves up for success. Love it. There, there you have it. It is a must buy. You got to go get it right now. You can get it on Amazon, right? Anywhere else, Jason? Yeah, the Amazon is the best place to go. They can get it in uh, in the US, in the UK, in Europe. I mean, it's cheap as chips. I mean, it's the best. I don't know. What is it? Eight? nine bucks you'll ever spend no, i i agree well i highly recommend the book it is a, a great book we gave you all the reasons why i mean i'd love it if the listeners gave us feedback on what they liked about the book we can share it in future podcasts you know in ways that it helped both professionally and personally so we'll look forward to that feedback from others all right sounds great well thanks uh thanks guys for indulging and talking about the book i really appreciate what you've shared and can't wait for other people to share their experience and we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week. See you, Soph. <laughs>